Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 761. Today on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Keels and Wheels Concord that takes place on May 6th and 7th at the Lakewood Yacht Club in Seabrook, Texas. If you can get over there, you need to be at this show. If you can cut a $150,000 payroll on Friday with a $100,000 in the bank on Thursday, you're probably an entrepreneur in the service business. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, John Hodges. Hey, John, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am strapped in and ready to roll. All right, cool. Here we go. John Hodges is the founder of Evergreen Industrial Services, a diversified industrial service provider. He's also recognized as one of the world's most prolific collectors of classic automobiles. He owns more than 75 significant cars, many of which are iconic muscle cars of various models and eras. John and his company are supporters and sponsors of Concours events throughout the United States, and he's a major supporter of the Keels and Wheels Concorde Elegance. Since 1996, Keels and Wheels has become the largest classic automobile and vintage wooden boat show in the United States. You'll enjoy an average of 200 classic cars and 100 of the most beautiful wooden boats from all over the country, and no doubt you'll see a couple muscle cars there, hopefully one or two. The director, Bob Fuller, is a past guest here on Cars Yeah. So, John, I have told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your business, your career, and, of course, your incredible passion for automobiles? Yeah, sure, Mark. Be happy to do that, and, and thank you for the, the uh, introduction. You're welcome. Yeah, I've been in the uh, industrial cleaning business for approximately 34 years. We do a lot of industrial cleaning and mostly the petrochemical refining industry, a little bit of pulp and paper and some uh, steel ranging up in the Midwest areas. Started uh, my own business uh, in the late 90s, formed a company called Evergreen Industrial Services. And uh, we started with about uh, 50 uh, employees, and we've grown it today to about 1,500 locations all over uh, North America from New York to California. Wow. Great industry to be a part of. Oh, absolutely. And part of this success has enabled you to have some fun with cars, right? Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about the kind of cars you collect and what excites you about those kinds of cars. Sure. I've always been a muscle car enthusiast. Kind of grew up a little bit in that era and just like, you know, cars with a lot of torque and a lot of horsepower. (laughs) So the, the bigger the engine, the better, you know, for me. Big blocks all the way. Big blocks. You're right. Something that gives me goosebumps when I talk about it. <laughs> well, good. Well, I'll tell our listeners in our pre-show chat, uh, John said, yeah, this is my assistant said, Mark Green's calling from Cars. Yeah. And I heard the word cars and I said, I'll take that call. I'm so happy you're spending some time with me today. We're here to, of course, promote Keels and Wheels, that fantastic Concord event coming up this weekend. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your success in your life, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars, yeah, or lighting them up, smoke those tires in the case of muscle cars. So, John, take the wheel. Yeah, I guess a a success quote is kind of twofold. I think, you know, one in the business side, I would say that uh, good people build great companies. 
and uh, I've certainly been exposed to that over the years. Always try to hire the best people, which I think is important if you want to have the best company. And, uh, you know, that comes along with having uh, the best, you know, equipment, the best resources around you. And when I look on the car side of, of uh, the business, I, I think the same thing. And not that cars are, cars are a hobby to me, not, not a business. You know, I think car with a, you know, a, a good foundation, a good muscle car needs good attention. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I try to give them all of that. You know, this is the great analogy between cars needing attention to remain the best they can be and our employees, our associates needing attention. And some business owners don't really think that way. They look at their people as just a commodity, a necessary expense. But I love the fact that the people are the important thing because that's what everything goes back to here at Cars. Yeah, even with the car hobby, it's all about the people that it brings you together, people you get to meet, people you get to enjoy. So for you and your business, uh, how exactly have you incorporated that concept into making your business successful? Well, I think in uh, most businesses that, you know, that relate to a service offering, there's typically relationships that are involved there too. And I think I was, uh, you know, one at, at an early age, I realized that the, you know, the, the best relationships that I had along with the best people that, that I could have operating in the company, just overall ended with a great product. And I think in the car business, it's the same way. It sounds like a, you know, when you think about collecting cars and cars that are coming in from all over you know, North America, up into Canada, and you really start, uh, once you start developing relationships with people in that industry, other collectors, you, you realize just how small that industry actually is <laughs> yeah using the term industry but the you know the car collecting business not everybody collects cars and it gets very condensed mm-hmm. you develop these relationships and you know if you need questions uh, you need to ask questions about certain things you, you know who to call if, if it's a mopar if it's a chevrolet that you know this person may know more than the other and, and it's really a small world and uh, i think those re- relationships are very important and, uh, you know, sharing resources back and forth. And through some of these tools, I've built a pretty nice muscle car collection. Absolutely. Well, we'll learn a lot more about that collection. We'll learn a little bit more about resources and so forth. But first, I'd like to go back in time a little bit and have you share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment when you look back in your life and you realized, oh, man, I'm a car guy? Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of those moments. <laughs> I, I tell you, it was hard to grow up in a small town of League City, Texas, and not be a car enthusiast. Our neighborhood sat at the foot of uh, the Houston International uh, Speedway that was located out on I-45. And I mean, I remember, you know, at an early age, we would, you know, and I hope my parents don't uh, don't hear too much <laughs> of this, but we would sneak, you know, Mama's grocery getter out to that racetrack on Wednesday nights and. And uh, she had a big Ford LTD. My dad had a 69 SS Impala Ooh. that had a big 427 in it. And um, everybody in the town, you know, I say everybody, I mean, the, the town had a lot of hot rods in it. And I guess probably um, one of the um, neighbors at one time had bought a 429 Cobra Jet. And I remember being about 13 years old, and he was, I think he had just got his license, and his father had helped him buy this car. And he, we were going out in it one afternoon, and I remember he had just nailed that thing down. And, then, you know, I remember it shifting from 
second to third gear at about 100 mile an hour. Oh. And of course, you know, Ford back then in, the, in their Torino style cars had that big long speedometer. And I remember that thing just laying over on the 120 uh. and uh, couldn't, couldn't go any further. Yeah. And I thought, man, this is really neat. And I think that was probably um, one time where I just said, you know, I really, I really enjoy this. Yeah. From that point on, it was, uh, you know, if it, the bigger the engine, the better it was for me. <laughs> well, I think the statute of limitations has run out, so uh, you don't have to worry too much about getting in trouble from mom for uh, that story. We probably all have some of those. It sure sounds like fun. Well, John, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. You've had your own business for 30 plus years. Being a businessman and entrepreneur is fraught with ups and downs. So I'd love for you to share a big challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way. But of course, the most important part of this story is not so much about the challenge of the failure, but it's more about what it taught you and what you learned so that you could move forward. So tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your business. Yeah, I tell you that, you know, running businesses sometimes are, are pretty tough. You know, there's a lot of good times and there's certainly, you know, times that are very challenging. And, you know, always somebody asks me, you know, hey, what's it take to, you know, to run a business in the, uh, in the service industry? And I always tell them, you know, one of the one of the things that I remember well is if you can cut a hundred and fifty thousand dollar payroll on Friday with a hundred thousand dollars in the bank on Thursday, you're probably an entrepreneur in the service business. <laughs> That's a tricky one. Yeah. So I think you know probably the uh, you know our biggest challenges, you know, as a company, were you know obviously early on. You know, I've been in this business business for about fifteen years when I started my own company. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I remember my accountant telling me, you know, you need to stay away from this as, you know, as far as you can. I was able to, um, to purchase some assets from a bankrupt company. Mm -hmm. And I was a vice president and what they call a regional vice president for a a large industrial cleaning company. And I had a really good uh, gig there and uh, loved the business. I'd been there a long time, kind of worked myself through several different positions and I'd gotten uh, up to the regional vice president, you know, slot. And I thought, you know, it, it, uh, I really always had the desire to have my own company. Knew the business really well and had a lot of great relationships in the business. And then having an opportunity from um, a bankruptcy trustee to buy these assets was, uh, you know, going to put me in business. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, how do I do this? How, you know, how can I get this done? And so anyway, I met with the uh, bankruptcy trustee and, um, uh, it was very, it was very interesting. When I first met with him, I thought, you know, I can actually put this deal together. And uh, so then, you know, I approached uh, my wife, uh, Jackie, and I said, hey, you know, uh, we need to do this, but we're going to have to come up with, uh, you know, with some cash. And uh, so we started remortgaging uh, the home and and a few other things. I think, um, uh, you know, the challenge was putting basically putting everything that we owned in hock, including. Um, another uh, loan on two vehicles that we had and just everything we could put together and we bought those assets. Yeah. And um, went back and there was two secured creditors at the time, two major banks that owned some of that equipment. So the bankruptcy trustee sold them on a note and and my capability of moving that company forward. And uh, he put a lot of trust in me. And interesting story, we had, um, after the first, uh, we got it all set up and done and everybody agreed and we signed on the dotted line and I'm, and I don't mean to repeat myself but I, I do remember the CPA that I was using at the time and he said John this is just you know you're going to really regret doing this mm. and uh, heck we had 
had bought the secured creditors out and the bankruptcy trustee in the in uh, eighteen months within an eighteen month uh, time period, and the company has grown wow. every year since then. Wow! And uh, I was saying the CPA, you know, was telling us that we needed to, to kind of stay away from that, and he gave the company a value of a negative two hundred and fifty thousand. And I think ten years later, when we we entered into our first agreement, we sold it for close to sixty million. So it wow. was uh, <laughs> it was, it was like- quite a journey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, what a wonderful story. And my takeaway for this is if you have the confidence and the knowledge and the wherewithal to start your own business, trust in yourself. Take that leap. Is that your takeaway story from this for those listeners that might be in a similar position or be trying to look for something to do on their own? Yeah, it really would be. I, I tell you, the uh, you know one of the things I certainly think about, and I, and I use this several times in the journey, is work on the problems. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, re- relationships have helped me in this business so much. And, uh, you know, most of my customers wanted to see me successful and they gave me work to help me get there. And it wasn't all a smooth road at first, but mm-hmm. uh, I would say work on your problems. I would come in every day. I would have a list and that list was pretty big starting out and it would have maybe 50 items on there that we needed to work on. And, and sometimes it'd be overwhelming. But you'd say, you know, just keep steadily pushing and and working, and you can take one off the list, two off the list, and before you know it, you get it controllable. Right. And you just keep building to it, and you'll have a lot of people telling you that that uh, this is what you should have done. One thing I've, I know about talking with uh, CPAs, one to tell you one thing, and another one might tell you something completely different. <laughs> of so course. you got to use a little bit of your own uh, gut feeling there. And when you know something doesn't feel right, then you probably want to move another direction. And if something feels good, you probably want to ride on that path. Well, it's the old uh, plan your work and work your plan. And that's what I hear out of that is uh, making that list and just knocking them down and focusing on the areas that you need to improve in. So wonderful story. Thank you for taking us down that path. Kudos to you for being so successful. I know this does not come easy. This is a lot of work and a lot of teamwork, too, with all the people you surround yourself with. Let's shift gears, John, and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's a time when those headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way for a a new direction in your business that ends up being successful. So tell us about your aha moment. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think probably the uh, one of the aha moments was, you know, when uh, I told the story earlier about the uh, bankruptcy trustee and and, uh, picking up those, you know, assets to start the business. I think the first time that I, you know, had communicated with him, about purchasing that equipment. When I left his office, I would call it an aha moment because I, I knew at that point I was going to be able to get this, this deal put together and done. And, uh, and we did. Awesome. Yeah. And obviously you have a good, uh, marriage partner there, Jackie. Yes, yeah, Jackie. Yeah. Having a, a strong partner in marriage that stands behind you and supports those decisions. Those very brave decisions when you put your home and everything else in hock, uh, is oh so important. So, uh, aha, wonderful. Let's uh, have you share a little bit about a proudest career moment. What was that for you? You know, I think I would have to say there was a lot of things over the years that I'm very proud of. You know, we've received uh, many accommodations from OSHA, OSHA VPP site, Houston Business Roundtable, a lot of awards, and I'm very proud of those. But I think one thing that most entrepreneurs would probably tell you you're very proud when, when you know where you start and then, uh, you know, when you sell the business. Mm-hmm. And I think the first time we sold the business, it was very rewarding to my key staff, myself, 
my family. And, um, that was, uh, it was just a great feeling. It doesn't last long because we, you know, I kept a third of the company and we, we continued to move on. And five years later, we sold it for 5.5 times earnings than we did the first time. So wow. that, that's kind of, that's kind of where it all kind of comes together and you, and you, uh, and you really feel the success of your business. Right. Well, congratulations again for that. Well, let's have a little fun and go back again in time. What was your first really special car? That first car you got that really had some meaning for you, and maybe you could share a memory with that vehicle. Yeah, sure. There's a, you know, there was a couple of cars in there, and I told you, you know, the using Mama's grocery getter out at the uh, <laughs> at the track and yeah. having fun with that. But the first car that I really owned was a 1973 Mercury Comet. Ooh. And the Comet had a little 302 V8 in it, and we had done so much work on that thing to get all the horsepower that you could possibly get out of a small block. Mm-hmm. That was probably my most memorable car. It was a, it, you know, it was my first automobile. Yeah, the Comet. I remember having a, an aunt and uncle who had those early Comets that had a little bit of a fin on the rear fenders there and the round tail lights, and uh, <laughs> what fun, what fun. How about a car that you've sold and that you've let go? A little seller's remorse. Is there one vehicle you wish you could have back in the garage? You know, there is, Mark. My dad had that 69 SS Impala, which was the two-door with the 427 in it. And he had sold me that car for $250. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of funny because I remember growing up, you know, my dad was in the military 30 years. Wow. And uh, master sergeant, he was stationed in Germany and we shipped that car over there in 1970, I believe. And uh, half the streets over there, you couldn't even drive the car down. Oh, so yeah. Big. Uh, yeah. But we would pull up at the red lights and, and uh, you know, the Germans would pull up beside us and they would just stare holes in that car, they, you know. Right. And then I think, you know, on top of everything else, it had about 500 foot-pounds of torque. So, it you know, it would accelerate really well really good too. especially on those little cobblestone streets in europe <laughs> yeah exactly and uh you know that was a special car i probably wish i would have hung on to that yeah especially with the history with your dad and so forth so absolutely several guests on the show that uh, when they were children they their families were in europe and had big cars and one of them is a, a lady ruba jerdy who lived in the middle east and her father had a huge cadillac from the late 50s and imagine a cadillac driving across the desert in the middle east what people there must have thought when that thing went flying by it's like what is that some kind of rocket ship very cool well, yeah absolutely and of course it was red Oh, even more so. Yeah. Yeah. Stuck out like a sore thumb. But I tell you one thing I remember is when we got that car on the Autobahn, Mm. and I don't know if it's changed much since then, but back then there was no speed limit on the Autobahn, which is the freeway. Yeah. Uh, You could really air that thing out. What fun, what fun memories. Well, let's talk about today. What has you really excited and fired up? And I'd love for you to share a little bit about your perspective on the Keels and Wheels Concours, because I know you're a big supporter of that event. Yeah, that's it. Um, and I'm glad, I'm glad you asked, Mark. That is a um, very nice event. It's my favorite car exhibit of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody had asked me the other day, I, we were talking about, you know, when my daughter got married and my youngest daughter got married and uh, she was wanting a, you know, a spring wedding. So originally they had put the date on the, uh, I know what it was. My wife was, was uh, telling them how they moved. She moved the wedding a week up because of, you know, kills and wills. Mm-hmm. And she kind of explained it like, uh, 
yeah, we, you know, we moved it up uh, so John would miss his car show. And I, I didn't tell her this, but it wasn't the car show I was going to be missing if they would have left that <laughs> there. And that, that's how uh, that's how great of a show that is. I mean, Bob Fuller and uh, you know, and his staff, Laura Power, and those those uh, people have really put on a heck of a car show there and boat exhibit. Mm-hmm. If you like old boats, it's phenomenal. You'll never see anything quite like it or that many boats probably together in one scene. And um, he has a muscle car section, you know, each year and, and uh, from 60s muscle, 70s muscle. And you see some of the best looking automobiles, some original drivers or survivors, which I, you know, I love to see in a muscle car. Right. And you'll see a lot of restored muscle out there also. It's a great show. Good charity, too. Well, of course, for the Boys and Girls Club. And I understand the the great thing about this event is the setting. The, the way the cars are set up, it's not a traditional cars in rows. They're set up amongst the beautiful trees there on the lawns. And it just makes for a, a very, very unique and special event. So will you be having any of your cars on display there this year? Oh, I will. Yes, definitely. What cars are you taking? I've got several cars going out there, but I've got a lightweight, a 63 uh, uh, Dodge lightweight 426 that's going out there with the aluminum front end. I have a first year Corvette uh, 1953 Survivor untouched car that's going to be displaying in the the all original Survivor category. Let's see, I think I also have a Hemi Belvedere. 67 Hemi Belvedere, I think, that's going to display there this year also. Very nice. Well, for you listeners out there that are going to be fortunate enough to be at this event, make sure you walk up to John and say hi and say, hey, I heard you on Cars, yeah. I wish so much I could be there. I can't get back there this year. But for anyone that's going to be in the area or take the time to head out this coming weekend, the 6th and 7th, to Seabrook, beautiful Seabrook, Texas, to check out the cars and say hello to John and some of my other past guests who will be involved with this event. And, of course, say hi to Bob Fuller and thank him for putting on a wonderful event. So, John, here's a very introspective question for you. If you were a car, what kind of car would John be and why? Well, that's an interesting uh, question, Mark. Yes. (laughs) I think I would say a Hemi Cuda, 1970 Hemi Hemi Cuda. Okay. It's a hardworking car with a lot of power. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I collect all, all the types of cars, muscle cars, or, you know, from Chevy, Ford, Mopar. But there was a there was a saying, and I certainly don't want to upset anybody here. I am a muscle car fanatic, and I love them all. But the, the saying when I was growing up was, you know, Chevys and Fords are really cool, but the Mopars rule. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I have, I have a lot of Mopars in my collection. But the Hemi Cuda, in my opinion, when, you, when, you, when I think muscle cars, uh, and then when you look at the, you know, the, the most desirable to me, mm-hmm. or certainly the Hemis, uh, the Hemi Cuda, the Hemi RT, I've got some LS6s, Chevelles that uh, are very nice. And uh, But those are the, you know, W30s. Those are really the muscle cars of the muscle cars. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> cool. So, John, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. 
They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, FINRA SIPC. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, John, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick hemi blips of the throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Somebody told me something a long time ago that's really true. And uh, it's all cars have secrets when you get them home. (laughs) I found that to be very, you know, that... They all can look nice and have brand new paint on them, but by, you know, when you get them home, you'll find something that's going to need some work. Absolutely. Be prepared when you buy any used car. That's always the truth. <laughs> I like yeah. the way you said it, though. That was a great way. That's the first one here. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Uh, I just like working. I work all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Hard work, perseverance, tenacity. That's all it takes to be successful, right? Yeah. Now, do you have a resource that you think the Cars Yeah listeners would enjoy? Uh, yeah, great question. You know, we had talked a little bit about this earlier, mm-hmm. with, you know, kind of talking about the car. I'm calling it the car industry or the muscle car industry. And one of the the guys that I deal with a lot and sometimes just ask some questions and get some opinion about certain cars or we're looking for matching number dialogues and, uh, you know, authentication and things like that. But there's a guy named Dave with uh, legendary motor cars up in Canada, mm-hmm. and he's been a good, you know, he's been a good source of information from, you know, to me over the years. Yeah, yeah. And I'd certainly recommend him to uh, to anybody. I've got to give him a call. I think he'd be a great guest to have here on Cars. Yeah, I, I know of that business, and it's a tremendous business. Been around for a long time. Great resource. So thanks for reminding me that. I got to give Dave a call. Maybe you can introduce me to him. That'd be cool. Absolutely. You bet. Love to do that. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field or industry or the hobby, living or deceased, who would it be? 
that's an easy easy one there. It, it would be Carol Shelby. Nice, yeah. American icon. I've met Carol a few times. Matter of fact, he hosted the Kills and Wills one year, and and uh, you know he was getting up in age. I think he was probably eighty eight, mm. maybe eighty seven, eighty eight. I asked him. I said. Carol, are we, we going to see you back next year? And he says, you know, John, he said, I don't even buy green bananas. <laughs> so, <laughs> that sounds like something you would say. <laughs> he is just really a, you know, a super guy. And uh, I have most of the Shelbys. I've got um, from 65, let's see, 65, uh, 66. 66 is a, is a, a survivor. Mm-hmm. and uh, But it, it looks like it's it's been restored, but it's been kept you know, garage kept for many, many years. And then the 67 and the 68 big blocks. Wow. And uh, just a big fan of uh, Carol Shelby and uh, loved the Mustangs. Yeah, I had a GT350 Shelby Mustang. That was a tribute or a cologne car or a fakey-do, whichever way you want to call it. But it was really nicely done. And I met Carol Shelby at an event, and he was kind enough to uh, sign the glove box because I remember he said, a Mustang's a Mustang. So uh, it was nice of him to do that. But, uh, yeah, very special guy. And since I started asking that question, he is the most commented on person that people would like to sit and have a drink with. So uh, something to that iconic guy. Especially if you're into muscle cars. I mean, he... He can talk all day long about those. And I'll tell you a real quick uh, yeah. funny story if we've got time. Of but course. Carol had signed, uh, I had restored a, uh, a GT500KR mm-hmm. and did a full, complete restoration on the car. And Carol had signed the glove box. And uh, so when they we did the paint on the dash, we did a clear coat over that. Pardon me, before we had done the clear coat on it. Uh, because I wanted it to match after the car was, you know, assembled. Right. And uh, but anyway, we were sending it out to a show where somebody had requested that car, and uh, so I have a an individual that works for me that takes care of those cars, and he had a detail guy that works for him. Mm-hmm. And the detail guy, when he was getting that car ready, had uh, had had removed all of the signature on the dash. Oh, and no. then we asked him what happened. He said somebody had scribbled on it with a crayon and he had taken his signature off. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Oh. And uh, anyway, to make a long story short, we were able to ship that club box to yeah. Carol and, and the, the uh, cover and he re-signed it. <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody scribbled yeah. on the dash. I don't know who this guy Carol is, but uh, I got rid of that for you. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Absolutely. I can't imagine the look on your face. <laughs> oh, geez. That's a great story. I was going to tell you one other thing, too, that, you know, we were talking about my wife, Jackie, and, you know, one of my collections started really growing. You know, she asked me, she said, she said, I just don't get why you think you need to have so many cars. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think she meant that, you know, from the heart. She did, you know, when you, you have one Chevelle, why do you have three Chevelles? And they're all a little, you know, different. And, right. and she just, I think, was struggling to understand that. Yeah. And, uh, and I told her, I said, you know, Jackie, the best way I could explain this to you is, I said, do you know the feeling you get when you go in a jewelry store is the same feeling I get when I get around cars. And I think ever since then, uh, I think she gets it now. Yeah, you know, I had a similar experience with my wife because she's not a car person and I've been going to car shows forever and I always wanted to take her with me and have her enjoy the show. And she said, you know... You know the feeling you get when I take you to the yardage store 
and I look for fabrics and you're sitting in the corner and you can't wait to leave. That's kind of how I feel when I go to car shows. So maybe <laughs> maybe you should just go to car shows and I should just go to yardage stores. Sometimes it's good to put yourself in someone else's shoes and understand from where they come. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very nice. The jewelry store analogy. Yeah, that one works too. Would you share a book with us that you've enjoyed reading? Absolutely. I mean, I enjoy reading a lot. and I've read, you know, a lot of the books, you know, over the years that um, entrepreneurs and you know, successful CEOs have, have written or been a part of. And But I'll share with, with you one I've read uh, recently. And the title of it's called Younger Next Year. And it's by uh, Chris Crowley and, uh, and Henry Lodge. And Henry Lodge, a medical doctor. And uh, it, it was very, it was very interesting, and it made a lot of sense. I'm uh, 56 years old, and um, it was just a good book. I really enjoyed it. I'd recommend it to uh, anybody, young, younger or older. I read that book years ago. It is a great book, and it really is a good uh, self-help book to kind of guide you down a better path for health, so that you can be around for a long time and enjoy these cars for a long time. Great book recommendation. Yeah, and sometimes I think, you know, when we think of, you know, health, you know, obviously the healthier we are, the, the longer we live. But some of the things in the book that I like, too, is it talks a little bit about you have to have a purpose. And that's when I started relating to the book a little bit. You know, life has to have a purpose and you you have to be doing things that, um, that you know, toward, you know, working towards that purpose. And that that in itself keeps us healthy also. Yeah, you need a reason to get up in the morning. And that's not just to go lay on a beach somewhere or hit a golf ball around a course. You need something to do, some way to contribute. So great book recommendation, John. And I'll remind our listeners you can find all these great resources John has shared on his show notes page at the Cars Yeah website. Just go to carsyeah.com, type John, J-O-N, Hodges, H-O-D-G-E-S, into the search bar. His page will pop up with these links. And there's another great place on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and books rec- recommended by the past 760 guests are there. And I've made it really easy for you. It's a great reference. Just click to buy. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here, John. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I know this is going to be hard, but I'm going to only allow you one car in your garage, one cool collector car. What would that car be and why? Well, that, that's a tough one, Mark. <laughs> for um, you, yes. <laughs> You know, you have to have an appreciation, you know, for all the cars. And I, and I'll tell you, sometimes when I feel like I'm, I'm getting a little bit too close to one car, I'll, I'll just start driving something else to, you know, to keep that balanced a little bit because you really <laughs> want to appreciate them all. And you are a car guy. And, uh, yeah. And I, and I think too, you know, if you, you know, you, it's a diversified collection. So, you know, my attention span sometimes is short. You know, I, I like to do, if I'm fishing, I like to do it in, four hours instead of spending, you know, the whole weekend out there. But, you know, I think, you know, too, in, in cars, sometimes, uh, you know, I enjoy something in, in uh, a week in August and then I'm done with it. I'm ready to move on to something else. And uh, that's been a big help with me at, at appreciating, the, you know, the collection. But as you said, if I only could pick one, I'd pick the 1970 Hemi Cuda. Ooh, okay. Well, I kind of figured we'd end up back there. Yeah, we... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if if I if I could only pick one, that would be that would probably be the. Yeah, well, very special car, very very nice, and you're a for, fortunate guy. One of the very few fortunate people have been on the show that have their dream car. So kudos to you for having the Cuda. Uh, excuse the the goofy use of language there, but very very nice. Well, John, you've taken us on an awesome ride today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed 
getting to know you a little bit better and learning a little bit more about your automotive journey. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you rip off down the roadway in that 1970 Hemi Cuda? <laughs> yeah, you know, I would I would just uh, say that, you know, I'm, I've been very fortunate to be able to have this type of car collection. You know, I'd never be able to, uh, you know, to have the cars that I have without having a strong business that uh, affords me that pleasure. And uh, so I would say, you know, if I look at, at, at um, what I think built a successful business was, you know, working hard and, and uh, certainly having good people, you know, around me that this has all been a team effort over the years. And then I think developing long-term relationships, you know, early on are very important to, to any industry. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your company? You can go to our website, which is www.evergreenes.com. All right, cool. Well, listeners, I'll make sure I put links to John's business on his show notes page on the Car Show website. Check out what this company is. It's an awesome company. Uh, they service uh, so many great other companies uh, in the uh, great United States we have here. Real fun to just go to carsyad.com and type John, again, J-O-N in the search bar, and his page will pop up. And don't forget to check out the Keels and Wheels Concours that takes place on May 6th and 7th this coming weekend at the Lakewood Yacht Club in Seabrook, Texas. If you can get there, get there any way you can. Take a train, plane, a boat, whatever, a muscle car, a Cuda, and get to the Keels and Wheels event. And when you're there, step up and say hello to John and check out some of his very cool cars. And if you can't get there, Go to the Keels and Wheels website, keelsandwheels.com, and I'm sure a lot of your friends are going to be there are going to be streaming their experience. So like uh, me, we can watch all the great pictures coming across social media of all the people that are lucky enough to attend Keels and Wheels. John, thank you for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you at the Keels and Wheels Concours. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you all there. All right. I appreciate it. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Dot com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!